Episode number 44 of the 10 Count Wrestling Podcast. My God, Justin, we made it. Yeah. 44. We Who would have fucking thunk it? Wow. Um, We're getting close to that, you know, golden episode. Oh, the golden number 50. 50's going to be a wild one, folks. As we've talked about many times, episode 50's got to be the great debate. Yeah. Right? Of course, the great debate... Who who done it best, HBK or or Brett the Hitman Hart? Yes, I can't wait for that one. I've got my army. I think you've got two or three people. <laughs> I do. It's gonna be a fun one, but that is it's not, gonna be a happening. It, 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 as the great Gorilla Monsoon once said, "Yes, indeed, it's going to be a happening." But that's not what we're here for today. We are, of course, in the Palace of Sid. And we are here yes. to talk about the top 10 tag teams not yet in the Hall of Fame. But before we get to that, we've got our usual things to go through. Fan of the Week, I saw him last weekend for the Royal Rumble. The original 10-count wrestling fan, Al Wright, great friend of the family. He's been with the show since episode one of its original iteration. When I tried nice. doing this all by myself many, many moons ago. Yeah. Al, thanks for listening. Um, he called himself our listener this week, last weekend. <laughs> and I was like, you're not wrong. But again, we've said this many we times. It's not about getting listeners for us. We just love getting and talking about yeah. the sport of professional this, wrestling. This All this research just sort of re-solidifies why we like it. And, it, you know, there's a lot to be said. You're, you're an expert in it. It's just, it's so much fun. And the content is there forever, too. It's it a, is, indeed. It's a resume. Um, two weeks ago, you know, we, we recorded episode 43, and we did a Royal Rumble preview show. Let's get into that Royal Rumble recap. Yeah. Uh, the kickoff had two matches, both which I thought were, you know, decent. Sheamus versus Shorty G. It was really Sheamus' first, like, big match back since yes. his long layoff. I thought it looked great. I know Pete hates Sheamus. Yeah. Um, you know, 12 and a half minutes, nothing to write home about. Sheamus looked good. Yeah, I, I turned it on at the very end of that match, so I basically saw him getting his hand raised. I'm happy for Sheamus. Um, he seems like a, a good guy behind the scenes. His gimmick has not, you know, changed much, which is probably one of the reasons that Pete is sick of him. Uh, and he's been around longer than you think, but... Um, Shout out to Kyle Burns, who runs into Sheamus all the time at uh, his gym in Tampa. You know, and he claims he can lift as much as Sheamus, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Kyle Burns, if you know Sheamus, we need 8x10s. Care of 10 Count Wrestling Podcast. Yes. Um, and then the next match, oh man, this is almost match of the night. Andrade versus Umberto Carrillo mm-hmm. for the United States Championship. I could watch these two all day, and with the... Um, with the addition of Angel Garza this past Monday night on mm-hmm. Raw, oh, god damn! Yeah, they have really found. Um, you know, I almost want them to like create like a little faction within themselves because they're all so great. But I could see those two headlining WrestleMania down the road. Absolutely, the idea of Andrade and Garza managed by Zelina. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be racist and yep. you know hit them with a cartel gimmick. But right, like, right, right. Just something like. Four, like three or four badass Hispanic wrestlers. They're not tag teams. They're just yeah. in this stable um, managed by, and they made a point to say it on Monday, their business manager. Uh, you know, they, they, they called um, they called Zelina and Angel Garza business partners 
on Monday night. I really like that little that wrinkle. I like um, it. On to the main show. Roman Reigns defeated Baron or King, excuse me, King Corbin. Yes. In 21 minutes in a false count anywhere match. I like this. I know a lot of people shit on it. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, um, the whole like baseball stadium theme for the Rumble that they've had in baseball stadiums lately is you know they ended up on the top of the dugout. Um, it was fun. It did what it needed to do. Maybe maybe a five minutes too long, I would say, but. I can, yeah, I can go with that, yeah. yeah. Especially because these pay-per-views are getting longer and longer, it seems. Um, next up was the Women's Royal Rumble. Charlotte Flair won the Rumble um, in 54 minutes and 20 seconds after last eliminating Shayna Baszler. Yep. Um, I just had a couple notes here. I know you're the expert on the Rumble, so I'll mm-hmm. defer to you. <laughs> um, Bianca Blair uh, entered at number two. Lasting 33 minutes. Yep. Um, Shayna Baszler and Bianca both eliminated eight. Wow. Which may be a record for women. Okay. I'm not sure. Yep. Yeah, and that's your numbers. Yeah. Um, Chelsea Green, I do know this, set a new Royal Rumble record lasting 12 seconds with one elimination. So yes. She, know, she now holds the record for longest time spent in a single Rumble while recording an elimination. Yeah. Yeah, for shortest stint. Previously held by uh, Paul London, who was 15 seconds. So I, it's a weird thing because I haven't started to compile. This is only the third women's match, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, you need... I'm a data guy, right? So that's why one of the reasons I did the Rumble, because I can compile all that stuff and start looking at it. We're finally getting to a decent number of Rumbles where people have been in two or three. Um, so I haven't started to compile that like I have for the men's rumble and I probably would keep the record separate, uh, just like there's two men, there's a men's rumble and a women's rumble. So I might just keep it in two different spreadsheets even. Works for me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can you need say a greater it, sample size as they say in the business absolutely, world. Absolutely. And a bigger N. couple of surprise entrants, Chelsea Green, yeah. of course, Mighty Molly, Kelly Kelly, Beth Phoenix and Santina Morella, and Naomi made her return as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beth Phoenix is a fucking monster. Yeah. Um, you know, I went back and watched the tape, and you can actually see when she got that bad cut on the back of her head. Yeah. Bianca Belair, you know, hit her with corner punches, and Beth's head went back too far, and you can actually hear it. Like Ooh. bounce off of the fucking oh yeah she got uh, post and she was bleeding like a stuck pig. They should have pulled her out. You know they kept her in to yeah. hit the Santina spot. Right, right. And I get like that's in. They were waiting for the rumble to be a little less full. Right. I feel like they could have shifted things around to get Santina out out there, do that spot, and then get Beth eliminated. But yeah, yeah. Hey, wasn't she wasn't in the cards. She uh, she she hung in there. Um, I would say, overall, I thought this was the best Women's Rumble match so far of the three. Yeah, um, for sure. I like the surprises. I had heard a rumor that Lita um, and maybe Trish, was it, were there, but then it got leaked, so then they kept him out of the Rumble. Oh, <laughs> So I was glad to see Molly and Kelly Kelly. But I thought um, Bianca Belair, to me, stood out. Uh, I know she didn't win, but to me, she was the star of this, and yeah. she was great. That was her coming out party. You yeah. know, for people that don't watch NXT, first of all, yeah. what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Second of all, um, she's a star. She's married to the skinnier of the two Street Profits. Okay. Mo- I think it's Montez Ford. Okay. I I don't know which one's which. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
Well, they haven't been in the ring yet. The skinny so. guy that doesn't wrestle. Yeah. Right. Um, Bailey defeated Lacey, Lacey Evans in a 9 minute and 20 second match with an out of nowhere roll up. I thought it was a different finish. I liked it. Yeah. Because you don't get that that often anymore. Yeah, you can typically tell when a match is about to end, so I, I didn't mind the ending. The match itself, it was okay. Yeah. You know. Um, tell you about a match that wasn't okay. Match that was fucking awesome. <laughs> was The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan yeah. in a scrap match. Yeah. Holy shit. Was that a great match? That's a spam phone call on my phone. <laughs> uh, that was a great match. And I know that they're kind of limited with the strap, but I thought they, they told a good story. Um, and Daniel Bryan is just... Um, he's a great counterpart for for Bray Wyatt. We, we've said it before, but I, def, I honestly think Daniel Bryan is the best mm-hmm. wrestler in the world going today. I, Adam Cole's my favorite, but yep. I think Daniel Bryan, pound for pound, is the most talented guy going today. Yeah, in terms of is in ring work, but also selling the whole time and, and storytelling, I, yeah, I agree. Um, let's see, what was next? Becky Lynch finally defeating Asuka in 1625. I'm so fucking done with Asuka. <laughs> Bicker Lynch! I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm actually more sick of Becky Lynch. Which is kind of blasphemous, I know, but um, at least like Oscar turned heel and started going crazy and stuff. Becky is this; it's kind of run its course a little bit, I think. I think, and Corey Graves brought this up on After the Bell. So when you're done listening to this podcast, go listen to a professional do it. <laughs> um, she's gotten stale. Mm-hmm. She's not an underdog anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think this Monday she kind of established that, you know, wearing the sunglasses and just kind of like pushing Kari Zane away. Right. I think that, you know, we've we've hit a point where, okay, she's not an underdog anymore. She's on top. Now who's going to take her down? She's close to that. Not I'm not saying she's Steve Austin, but she's getting close to that point. Like, yeah. okay, now who's going to beat her? What's going to happen? Right. She's or or is it time for her to go heal for a bit, which I wouldn't be opposed to. And they try. I mean, they tried that, and then she yeah. got her nose broken, and people were like, "We fucking love this girl." Right, right. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. And maybe she'll end up between her, like Austin basically was for the last few years of his career. So we shall see. And then, in the best moment of the night, something <clears throat> I've been clamoring for for months. Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre yes. staked his claim, winning the Royal Rumble after an hour and 50 seconds, last eliminating Roman Reigns. I I absolutely... This, this, yeah. this might be one of my favorite Rumbles yeah. of all time. It was so much fun. Once you got past the first couple of guys and you figured out, okay, this is what they're doing with Brock. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to stop him because mm-hmm. he's not going to get everybody out. Yeah, I you- loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. And you thought there was a couple moments where you thought, okay, this is going to be the, the guy or the two guys to stop him. And then he'd toss two or three at a time. And I just thought it was great. Uh, Brock was fantastic throughout it. The, the back half of the Rumble was stacked with you know the, all the big names. Uh, some great surprises. Um, but, uh, you know, I agree. If we were to do that list again this week, that would probably... It would probably be in my top five, at least. Oh, for sure. I'll put it in my top five. No yeah. no questions asked. Brock tied the record for most eliminations in yep. one traditional Rumble with 13. Yep. Set a new record for consecutive eliminations ah. with 13. Excellent. See, I didn't 13 up, 13 yeah, down. Makes sense. Um, 
Matt Riddle sucks. I, I <laughs> It's time for him to go. But Keith Lee. Fucking Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Awesome. Oh, bask in his glory. The new North American champion of NXT. Keith Lee looked like a fucking monster. He yeah. fit right in in that match. Yeah. Um, Drew lasted the longest with 34 minutes. Got six eliminations. MVP made a surprise appearance. Yeah, that was It was nice. also his son could watch him WW wrestle, as mm-hmm. his son calls it. <laughs> um, that was cool. It That's wasn't a nice long. moment. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the big, the big moment. Yeah. Number 21, Edge. Yeah. I mean, we all heard the rumors, but it was kind of like, no fucking way. But he showed up. 23 minutes, three eliminations. He was in the final three. Yeah. That was probably his third or fourth time in the final three, at least, because yeah. he definitely won a Rumble, so there's yeah, two. Easily. I don't have my pivot table open, but... Um, well, you're going to have to get on that. <laughs> when... So, you know something is, like, a big moment in wrestling when, like, you have that holy shit. Yeah. Or you get the goosebumps. And mm-hmm. I have... There was witnesses, and Pete's <laughs> probably going to make fun of me when he hears this, but... <laughs> when when Edge and and my knees doing it now when Edge and AJ faced off oh like, yeah I got I was like oh my god yeah. like that was great this and and I know we talked about you know last year when we did like the the dream matches that we never got that were plausible yeah I was like put Edge against anybody and right. I think I think Edge versus AJ made my list um. Oh my God! Do I yeah, want to see yeah. that? If we only get one match after what we think we're going to get at Mania, mm-hmm. I want Edge versus yeah AJ, and then Edge versus. And I know I said Edge, Daniel Bryan's the but the size, the legacy, mm-hmm. like Edge versus AJ, the guy that ran TNA and the guy that was like number two during the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, like holy shit! Do I want to see that? Yeah, and and they're probably two people that have immense respect for each other. But what a moment. I mean, I had, I had seen a lot of reports that he was going to be there. And even but even until uh until you hear the music hit, you don't you're not sure, right? Because you're like, maybe this is all a bunch Damn of nonsense. Bullshit. Yeah. That's fucking right. bullshit. So, We're not going to say that. <laughs> and I, I it got me out of my chair, I'll say that. And I don't do that very often. So, it, it was an awesome moment. It got me out of my chair for two reasons. One, we do a we do a rumble board. There's six of us. Everyone gets five numbers. Winner takes the pot. Mm-hmm. So I had to keep getting up and writing in who was at what number on the giant whiteboard. Ah. So I never get to relax and watch the rumble every yeah, year. Yeah, like Vanna White up. duty. I am. I'm Vanna White every year. <laughs> uh, but Royal Rumble ending led us to sign pointing season. Yes. Which we love it. We love the road <laughs> to pointing at the sign. Do you believe that report that they've never told people to point at the sign? It just became like a thing that caught on? I feel like that's bullshit. I, I agree. And now, I don't doubt that the first time it happened, it wasn't organic. Like, I'll believe right. that. Like, the right. first time it happened, it was organic. Right. And then Vince is like, oh, we, we got something here, pal. <laughs> God damn it, after you in the rumble, point at the sign. It's there for a reason. Right. Um, so, one match is official. There's five matches that have been rumored or teased. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. That's yeah. going to be so fucking good. Yeah, that's going to be good. I can't wait. It's going to be um, good. And then the other, you know, Edge versus Randy Orton. It's Storytelling obvious. at its best. It's obvious say. that that's what it's going to be. Right. It's smart. It's a safe match for Edge. Like his first big match back to be yeah. somebody he knows and trusts. 
Super um, predictable, but we'll take it. And then the other three are, are rumored women's matches. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks versus Bailey. I feel like that's got to finally happen. Yeah. Becky versus Shayna Baszler. And then this whole Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley on NXT. I love that idea. Yeah, that is it's different, which is saying a lot for the women's division lately. It's usually the same five, like we said before. So I will take that uh, any day. That will be fun. Other than that, like I have no idea what they're going to do for Mania this year. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm excited for the Hall of Fame announcements this year. Yep. Just dig a dig a Hall of Fame <laughs> and sign pointing. I'm this, just this, I'm jacked up. Yes. There's uh there's some whispers about Sting again this year, which I, I'm shocked by actually. I thought he was done. I'm gonna put my pen down. Yeah. Obviously, it's been rumored for years. If this is the year mm-hmm. we get Undertaker versus Sting, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't talked about it on the show <laughs> yet, but if this is the year we get Undertaker <laughs> versus Sting at Mania, holy shit. That would be amazing. I'd be glad that oh. they, they, they pushed it off. So for those who don't know, the 10 Count Wrestling family will be at WrestleMania oh God, 36. All In the Tampa. assholes are going to be there. I'm bringing, <laughs> I'm bringing the recorder. There's going to yeah. be, there's going to be, pre-podcast filmed on the flight down. Oh god. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. If we get to see the dream match, yeah, like people on, have been clamoring. on top of getting to see Hulk get mm-hmm. his second Hall of Fame ring, and, mm-hmm. you know, we get to hear yeah, and I'll, oh my god. Yeah, and, and the crowning of Drew McIntyre, like right. And you know what's funny is, maybe just before the Rumble, I was not like excited about the card itself. Now, a few weeks later, I think it's it's shaping up to be pretty awesome. So, if the Fiend loses to Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. but we get Sting and Undertaker, Andrew yeah. McIntyre beats Brock yeah, Lesnar, yeah. are like, well, that's a wash, right? And then so like. With, you know, we, we, we split our difference there and then made right. a little profit on the on the back end. Yep. I'd be so happy with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Under, oh, Sonny and Daisy Dukes. Sonny and Sable were watching the 97 uh, SummerSlam, I believe. I just threw something on to have it on, and there's some weird game show going on. And Sonny, Move your arm! Move your arm! <laughs> Goodness. I'm not going to say anything bad about <laughs> Mrs. Lesnar. I'm not. God damn, Sonny. Yeah, I mean, you know, why choose, I'd say. Sonny. <laughs> All right. So we've got a game today. We don't have trivia, but when we're going to get Pete on the phone a little later, and I've got a fun trivia game or game for us this week. Um, I actually bought, like, buzzers. Yeah. For next time we have multiple people here. We can Jeopardy. Do, we can have, like, a, a game show game. That would be awesome. But uh, it's time to get to yep. the... This week's list, the top 10 tag teams not yet in the Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, this is the criteria I used. I kind of shared it with Pete, and we talked mm-hmm. about it last week. Um, I went with one induction per wrestler. Yep. So um, I'm trying to do an example without spoiling one. Right. So, like, <clears throat> and, and we tried to keep it to people who were not in the Hall of Fame in some way already. So yep. New Age Outlaws, not on the list. Brainbusters, Outsiders. Um, the Four Horsemen, you know, NWO, they're already there, you know. Yeah. I disqualified the Rockers. 
because Michaels is already on the right. list. Exactly. Um, same, same with me. You know, I'm, damn it, I'm trying to come up with a team without spoiling my list. Did you? Uh, so uh, here's Owen. Here I did. <clears throat> so here, here's one. So like, the skyscrapers were an awesome tag team. Yeah. But the brothers of destruction were also an awesome tag team. Right. You can't. I didn't put either one of those in, but you can't put one right and the other. That's. I tried to keep it. Keep it that way. Gotcha. Um, Davy Boy Smith is involved in my list. Me too. But not twice. Right. So, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, and so in, in that regard, I think I think we're actually going to match on a lot of these because it, it kind of limits the, you know, the the number of teams that... Yeah. So, I think we're going to match. And I I kept active teams off my list Me as too. well. So Me too. Yep. A certain team from Cameron, North Carolina. Uh-huh. They'll get their day. They're not They'll on my get list. Their day. Right. And then uh, what I did too is because, you know, some guys, maybe they wouldn't get in on just their own accord, but with their tag run and their singles career, I use it as a good chance to get some people in that I think deserve it. That's a great, great point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Yeah. Um, number 10, my friends. And number 10 are the Islanders. Wow. So. Completely <laughs> forgot about the yeah. Islanders. Walk so, me through the pain. So it, they were only really active for about three years, from 1986 to 1988. So they were on the the very back end when we were we were just starting to watch and have a memory of it, I would say. But this is Haku and Tama. But to show you what the, what the Federation thought of them at the time, they won a tag team battle royal in, uh, in 87. The last elimination in that battle royal was King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd. Wow. So I think about that, uh, how they thought of him. They actually, funny enough, they main evented the 1988 Royal Rumble. Uh, I don't, it's not, it wasn't even a pay-per-view, but the Royal Rumble TV show. Against the Young Stallions? That is correct. <laughs> Incredible. Spoiler, not on my list, but I, you know, uh, the Young Stallions did not make it. Um <laughs> oh no, they're right there. No, okay. Never mind. Never okay. Mind. No, 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 I'm sorry. Never mind. Um, so they eliminated um, the British Bulldogs in the 1987 Survivor Series. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about them later. And um, this is sort of also my nod. So they were a great tag team uh, in, in the tradition of the Head Shrinkers and the Samoans and all these guys. But um, Haku, this is also a way to get Haku in without. Because I couldn't put him in with the, with the Colossal Connection because Andre's already right. in. And you couldn't and, put him with his other partner because right. that team made your list. Right. And Ex- my list as well. Exactly. So Haku, um, as King Haku in, in a feared guy legitimately because he was um, a true, like, I don't want to call him assassin, but he was a classically trained, tough Dude. He ripped a motherfucker's eye out. He did? <laughs> oh my god, there's there's legendary stories of him popping somebody's eye out and also biting a dude's nose off in a bar. Yeah. Really? Haku fucking rules. I would he is the last person I, and I know he's probably like sixty five now and I he I would Doesn't probably matter. screw with Brock Lesnar before I screw with Haku. You know? Yeah, for sure. So the Islanders, number ten. My number ten is the favorite tag team of the show. Yes! The Beverly yes! Brothers! Yes! Oh, God, yeah. Love me some Bo and Blake, Mean Mike Enos, and Wayne Bo Bloom 
the only tag team to win the PWI Rookie of the Year award. Wow. The 1990 Rookie of the Year was Enos and Bloom. That's awesome. Um, they were the one-time AWA tag team champions. Mm-hmm. Um, Enos, of course, he's extra famous for being the man who was having a match when a certain uh, mm-hmm. man in a Canadian tuxedo walked down that aisle <laughs> and invaded WCW. You know, he's yeah. a he's a pivotal part of the invasion. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I know we jokingly talk about the you know the Beverly Brothers from time to time, but I mean, I it's it's joking and it's yeah. honest at the same time. Like, I love the fucking Beverly Brothers. Like, '90s heel tag teams that never won matches that mattered right. are fucking amazing. To oh, me. Only one made my a couple made my list, but <laughs> I love the Beverly Brothers. Like Enos and Bloom are two badass motherfuckers. One of the nastiest finishers of all time. Yes, that's right. Um, they were believable. They actually look. We've talked about this before too, and other things that we've done. But like, they're believable. They actually looked like brothers. Mm-hmm. They had a great tag team look. Um, yeah. A great manager. In the yes, genius. of course. Um, yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah, and I mean, they wrestled for the tag titles at uh, SummerSlam '92, which we'll talk about later. And um, they're just. They and I think that they were sort of like the Bushwhackers in that they were more, they became more of a comedy or, a, you know, caricature type team when they got to WWF. What they did before that, they were like, they were, they were stars. Like the they're Bushwhackers were like... Badass motherfuckers right, is what they were. Right, And even the Bushwhackers were sort of like that. Oh my God. Imagine if we got the Sheep Herders in WWF. Oh, uh, that would have been great. They just like beat <laughs> one of the teams on my list for the tag titles in 1987. Right, right. It would have been beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you put them on. Um, I they were an, an honorable mention for me, obviously, and they were a shout out. And Matt McEachern, I believe, commented on uh, Twitter that uh, the Beverly Brothers. He did. Yeah. So Matt, whose last name I'll never be able to say correctly, <laughs> yeah. did indeed put the Beverly Brothers. Yeah. So I think I think it's legit too. You know, they they had a pretty decent run with WWF. Um, Their feud with the Steiners was great. Yeah. Yeah, they so got good. killed. They did, but it was so good anyhow. Yeah, right. My number nine. Uh, we just saw their manager on TV in a skimpy outfit. I'm talking about the Body Donnas. They were an honorable mention for nice. me. Nice. Number nine for me. Uh, so Skip, or Chris Candido, and Zip, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, this is sort of a way to get them both in. They, and they, Dr. Tom is an honorable mention for me twice. Ah, How much I love doc, the work of Dr. Tom. That's right. So I'll we'll, we'll save his other tag team for honorable mentions, but they also won the tag titles in 96. Now, I know that there was um, a drop-off, I would say, after about 93 or 94 in the, in the overall roster, and maybe and especially for tag teams. Um, but and the team was together for... Only about two years. But then Candido went on to become a three-time ECW tag champ, a WCW Cruiserweight champion, and he was an NWA champ before he was in WWE. So Candido is, is legit. He, I fucking love Chris Candido. Yeah, he was good. He was good. He had, a, he had more indie championships than I think anybody I've ever researched for this. If you look at his list, it just oh, yeah. goes on and on and on. Uh, he also won uh, the most underrated... 
1995 Wrestling Observer, or maybe it was a team. My nose kind of unclear. But um, and then Dr. Tom, we'll talk about him a little bit later. He's a legend. Now I'm glad you brought up Candido because I, I don't have, and I don't want to blow you up. Mm-hmm. So if I am, warn me. I don't have any ECW tag teams on my list. I do not either. So I, I'm going to side pivot for just a second. ECW had great tag teams. Mm-hmm. Candido and Lance Storm, yep. RVD and Sabu, right. the Gangsters, the Gangstanatas, the Eliminators. Um, <laughs> the Gangsters. So the Gangsters was um, New Jack and Mustafa. The Eliminators was Cronus and Saturn. Okay. Saturn went to ECW at WCW with Raven. Um Mustafa, something weird happened with Mustafa, and he went away, mm-hmm. and New Jack and Cronus made a tag team called the Gangsta Natus. <laughs> um, that's real life, my friends. That's great. Um, it's and very then, like, easy Public to Enemy were awesome, too, but yep. love for ECW, but yep. none of them made my list. My number nine um, is one of Mr. Fuji's tag teams. Yes, my number eight. You're number eight, all right. We're right in line. Yes. The Warlord and the Barbarian... The Powers of Pain. Yes. Um, you know, a pivotal team of the 1980s, early WrestleMania scene. Uh-huh. Um, their feud with Demolition was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's the first double turn I yeah. truly remember. Yep. Um, their match at WrestleMania five. you know, made Fuji look like a million bucks. Yep. Um, just two big, awesome dudes. Um, yeah. Again, sorry to the barbarian Haku, but... Warlord and Barbarian were better than Haku and Barbarian. Right. Um, right. It, I mean, they. I mean, if you were to draw, if Vince McMahon could draw two ideal guys that he would suit up for a match, it would be these two. I mean, they were just. I mean, probably six three, two seventy five, and cut out of stone at least. And uh, just a few more notes on them. So I, I call them a, a true tag team. Because they had actually teamed up before they got to WWF. A lot of people get slapped together, right? Like like the Body Donnas, as an example. Were they were they an AWA squad? They were in Jim Crockett slash NWA. Okay. And they debuted in 1987 with that promotion. And they threw them right into a feud with the Row Warriors to give you a sense of what they thought of these guys, right? Uh, they also then won the six-man tag titles, which is an awesome idea. Ring of Honor has six-man tag That's titles. right. I've, it's a great fucking idea. It's great. With, do you know the partner they won it with? Oh, God. <laughs> if you pulled this, it would be um, This is 1987, six-man tag titles. 1987, the Road Warriors. Not the Road Warriors. The Powers of Pain. I have a, I have a guess. I'm going to throw out a guess, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to ask for a hint that's not super obvious. Is it Bam Bam Bigelow? It is not. Okay. Um, his... I'm trying, I don't know much about this guy, but I okay. know his name. So I'll, his first name starts with I. I Ivan Koloff? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Nice. Was Humperdinck so, the manager? Uh, I feel like they would that, have been managed by Humperdinck. Not but. that I saw. Okay. That doesn't mean that they weren't. Um, but interesting tidbit, they left the NWA because they didn't want to do scaffold matches, which okay. if I was shaped like them, I wouldn't want to either. I mean, they were, especially the Barbarian very agile for the size that they were. Oh, I mean, yeah. His finishing move was a clothesline off the top turnbuckle. And, uh, but they actually debuted... Uh, they were sort of mercenaries for Strike Force, is was the note that I saw, which I don't remember. I don't remember and, that. And they were brought in brought in because like, Strike Force was feuding with Demolition, and that's right. how it all began. 
Uh, I think the rest of it you pretty much uh, mentioned. I mean, they feuded with the Har Foundation, the Rockers. They were part of Team Zeus in Survivor Series. Zeus. <laughs> so, so main main event type stuff. And then their last WWF match was against Hulk Hogan and, and Big Boss Man. So they worked the top of the card. They made the Rockers look amazing. They too. did. They did. I've heard stories about Warlord like throwing Michaels up for a back body drop. Michaels would go like twenty feet mm-hmm. in the air. Like they just. They, they did great stuff with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought it was... Uh, and they actually... They reunited several times in, on the independent scene. It seems like they're both still around and uh, doing well. So that's good. You, we, have we talked about the You're Full story with the Warlord before on the show? You're Full? Yeah. I don't think oh, so. Oh, man. <laughs> Bruce Prichard has told us a hundred times. <laughs> but I fucking love it. Um... <laughs> they were backstage and Warlord handed... It depends on who you talk to. It was either Mr. Perfect or Shawn Michaels. Either way, it's a, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Handed one of them a syringe. It was like, hey, can you help me out? And pulled his pants down. And whomever it was, plunged, you know, tried to, you know, plunge the needle into Warlord's ass and pulling it, pushing and pushing and pushing on the plunger. It wouldn't go in. Takes it out and goes, I think you're full, brother. <laughs> That's great. It makes sense, too. I mean, they were... Um... He was. They I don't were, want to accuse anybody of being juiced up, but right. he was jacked to the gills. Right, he had muscles he, on top his, of muscles. I just picture his like traps in his in his neck and his shoulders. That were his traps had traps. Right. Yeah. I mean, he could he could pick up a car and throw it a mile. You know. That was your. That so was my you, number eight. Your eight, my eight, my eight has the greatest theme song of all time. Oh. My number seven. Your number seven. Oh, look at us. We got a match coming in. From Montreal to Memphis, parlez-vous français, <laughs> tell all the girls, the Rougeau's on the way. Yes. They were major pieces of WrestleMania three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. Three, they were in the match with the Dream Team that caused Beefcake to turn face. That's right. Four, they were in the Battle Royal, so not a major part, but that was a big Battle Royal. Yep. And five, uh, the, the famous handjob match against the Bushwhackers. <laughs> That's they great. were a part of all the Royal Rumbles, the SummerSlams, the Survivor Series. They yeah. were one of the pivotal teams. Like, I yeah. would say if we were going to talk about the late 80s, there's the big six. Mm-hmm. The Hearts, the Rockers, mm-hmm. Demolition, Strike Force, um, Powers of Pain, and the Rougeau Brothers. Right. Like, that's the big six from that era. Right. Um, you know, great big feuds at the Heart Foundation. Like, Heart Foundation, that's right here in my notes. Heart Foundation, British Bulldogs, Bushwhackers. Famously moved from Montreal to Memphis <laughs> to further endear themselves with the fans, and it made them heels. Yes, which is an all-time great thing. When they would carry the tiny U.S. flags down, because they started as faces. Right. Um, but and with Florida Lees all over their gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. And, and talk about such a natural heel turn. And they would hug we, each... We moved to Memphis... <laughs> And it made them heels. The fans who would chant USA at you, all of a sudden the bad guys were like, you know what? We left Canada. We moved to the United States. We love you. And the fans were like, fuck you. You suck. (laughs) And I loved when they would would hit like an awesome move and then they would hug each other in the middle of the ring. Like, they were just, I mean... Shoot Brothers, of course. Yep, yep. Um, And... You know, there's a reason they play us out every week. Oh, I fucking love them. And, um, you know, they, they actually teamed for over 10 years, um, starting in the late 70s. So 
they were they had chemistry obviously well before they joined WWF. They were feuding with the Garvins uh, mostly. They and rumor has it on Wikipedia that they sold out the Montreal Forum in front of twenty thousand people. Sounds uh, like a Brett stat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. They actually defeated the Hart Foundation in 1987 to win the tag titles when they were faces and Hart Foundation were heels. But the decision was reversed because um, they used a megaphone. They intercepted the megaphone, which is a spot that Brett himself used later on. Um, but, you know, they, they obviously feuded with the Bushwhackers, Strike Force, Rockers, and then our nod to Jacques Rougeau, who went on to win the Intercontinental title with. The Mountie, and I chose this team, by the way, over the Quebecers, who I also love. Quebecers are great. Shout out to PCO, um, but I think that I think that the Rougeaus stand a little bit taller than the Quebecers. They certainly do. I just did a little bit more uh, research, and for a while, they were billed as soon to be re- soon to relocate to Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> So for a while, they were like, we haven't even moved yet, but we're doing it soon. Um, yeah, why not? We already said their name, yeah. but... We're overdue. What is that? A fuzzy? No, we're good. <laughs> Beverly Brothers! Oh, it's, just, it's just some ice. <sighs> Beverly Brothers, they belong in the Hall of Fame. Yes, they do. So that was... Someday. They were also your number seven, right? They were my number seven. Yep. So you're just going to follow me all the way in here, I think. Well, my number seven are former one-time WWF tag team champions. Mm-hmm. They're the weatheriest tag team of all time. Weatheriest. I'm talking about the earthquake. Oh. And the typhoon. They're my number four, actually. They're your number four. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. The natural disasters. Yeah. But let's cover them here. All right. One time, WWF Tag Team Champions, they ended Money, Inc.'s 164-day reign on July 20th, 1992 at a house show in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. Um, you know, I. this was more of my sentimental, are they ever going to put Earthquake in by himself? Right, right. Um, this is my way to get Earthquake in the Hall of Fame. Typhoon, yep. Big Uncle Fred, I've met you. such a good dude. I met him a couple of years ago. Yeah. They did a lot of, uh, we won by count out, but we're not the champs. Yeah. Like, yeah. They did that a bunch with the, the Earthquake and Typhoon. Two awesome talents that could fucking move like nobody's business. Right. Yeah, and that's why, it, um, what a great idea it was to pair them together. And uh, they, they uh, it worked. I mean, it was only for about three years, but when they started together again, this is another team that went right into a feud with Legion of Doom. Um then they face turned and feud with Money Inc., which is also a fantastic tag team, but ineligible for this list. Yeah, um, and they defended their titles at the 1992 SummerSlam against the Beverly the Brothers. Beverly That's Brothers. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, but like like you said, this also gets Tenta in for his earthquake and, uh, and Golga and Shockmaster. Shark. Yeah. And and you get tugboat in and you know um, it's a, it would be a nice tip of the cap for I think both of these guys Tenta sadly no longer with us but uh, Uncle Fred I think would be I would I would be happy to see Uncle Fred on stage accepting absolutely 
One thing that made the natural possessions really, again, remember, this is 91, 92. So we were still actual marks, mm-hmm. um, not smart marks, which is a gross <laughs> term. I remember being like, how can the LOD beat them? They can't do the doomsday device. Mm-hmm. No one can hold the earthquake up on their shoulders. Like, That's a good point. Just, like, it, it was so believable that they would be monsters. Yeah, to your dad's point, he's, uh, he's big on you know size, size wins type thing. So, um, yeah. Good stuff. All right. You actually get to say one. Oh, good. You're number six. My number six is another quote-unquote true tag team. They put themselves together, which is rare for the time. The Nasty Boys. That's my number six. Ah. Yeah. Yes. We Excellent. made it. We Excellent. <laughs> we, Very excited. I knew we'd meet at some point. Um, We're going to meet at number one, I think. I think, well, I actually had a hard time. I actually changed my number one to number two. One, two, three, and four was very difficult for me, but we'll get there. Yeah, for sure. Um, So in 1985-86, they they basically came in as a tag team. They say, we're we're together, which, as we've said a couple times, they usually get slapped together. Um, they, They started with AWA and Florida Championship Wrestling. Um, then they moved to WWF in 1990. They won a 17-battle royal in 1991 to earn the right to wrestle for the titles at WrestleMania 7. And, of course, they defeated the Hart Foundation. Can I interrupt for just a sure. second and tell you how much I fucking loved that match? Mm-hmm. I had it on a tape, and I didn't know which tape it was on, but I just remember having it, and I would watch it all the time. When I was a kid, I would play tag team battle royals with my action figures all the time. The concept of, like, if your partner gets eliminated, yeah. you got to go too, and the finish. Like, I just, that's, weirdly, that's one of my favorite, really? like, What was early, it on? Was it on, like, it a... It was on, like, Superstars or something like that. We'll Superstars! To, we'll have to find it, because I don't, I don't, I'm sure I watched it. It's on it. YouTube, for sure. Okay. And I think, like, Piper and Gorilla are doing um, commentary. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I love it. I don't know, what, like, it just burned in the back of my mind, like... Because the way yeah, like it was different, the way that a team that's not on my list, but is an honorable mention, eliminated the Legion of Doom mm-hmm. after they got eliminated, set up their WrestleMania yeah. seven match. Like three WrestleMania matches were set yeah. up by that battle royal. Yeah, yeah. I please continue, but well I done. fucking loved, loved, loved that match. Well done. Well, if we can find it, maybe we can make that the clip of the week or something. But I, I kind of want to pull it up on uh, the network. Um. So that was their big moment, obviously, winning the titles at WrestleMania versus one of the great tag teams of all time, the Hart Foundation. They went on to feud with the Rockers, Bushwhackers, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Sergeant Slaughter, who were slapped together for a while. Spoiler, not on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Then they went to WCW for four years, 1993 to 97. They beat Arn Anderson and Paul Roma at the Fall Brawl 93 for the WCW tag titles, and they feuded with Harlem Heat. I mean, these are big-time teams. Um, then they they uh, got a sort of a teaser invite into NWO and got their asses kicked because they were not welcome in the NWO. <laughs> but they won the uh, WCW tag titles three times. So, you know, they got, they got the straps wherever they went. Um, I wouldn't put them in the uh, most... Uh, I'd put them sort of in the bushwhacker category. They're not going to see many... Uh, wrist locks and takeovers as uh, Jesse Ventura would say but they were effective um, they looked similar enough it was a different type of gimmick so 
I think they. Uh, I think that. I think they're eventually going to get in too. Yeah, their street fights in WCW with like Cactus Jack mm-hmm. and Kevin Sullivan and Max Payne were fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember being at Fan of the Week Al Wright's house watching those pay per views. Really? Yeah. We used, Excellent. We used to have a great time with that. Nice. Um, Nice. My one of my stats is off. I have them there as the second team in history to win both the WWF and WCW tag titles, mm-hmm. but I think that might actually be off. Okay. It might be three. LOD's one mm-hmm. because they won the tag title, the WWF tag titles, in January of ninety one. Um, not January, excuse me, August of ninety one. Mm-hmm. The Nasties winning the tag titles in WCW in fall of ninety three. I think the Steiners mm-hmm. had already won the WWF tag titles before that. Okay. So they're either two or three. I'm not sure. Right. But this was a fun fact I found. Um, oh, and by the way, doing the pit stop to people was so much fun as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like we used to have wrestling matches in the pool, and this was, you know, pre teen years. Mm-hmm. And like doing the pit stop to people on my dad, who obviously is a grown ass man, had hairy <laughs> armpits. Like pit stopping people was the <laughs> funnest fucking thing. When yeah. we were kids. Um, but I digress. <laughs> when So their third tag team title in WCW was Slambery 1995. They defeated Harlem Heat. Nice. Um, that's not particularly interesting. But what is, is Slambery 1995 was on May 21st. Mm-hmm. They lost them to Harlem Heat on WCW Worldwide that aired on June 24th, 1995. Okay. May 21st, June 24th. Okay. Why that's all interesting? They were only doing TV tapings like once every six weeks at the time for Worldwide. So on May 3rd, 1995, the Nasty Boys lost the tag titles to Harlem Heat before they won the tag titles to (laughs) Harlem Heat on May 21st. Slamboree. That's funny. So they taped a month worth of TV before the pay-per-view to be aired after the pay-per-view. Wow. And people wonder why WCW is out of business. <laughs> but I thought that was really cool. I was like, they lost the titles before yes. they won them. That's pretty cool. That's a great That's a great fun fact. That's going to get us to hardcore halftime. Yes. Everyone's favorite part of the show. I came up with a fun one. It's yep. Chicka Chicka Hall of Fame time. Excluding celebrities. Mm-hmm. Who are the three worst Hall of Famers? Oh. And I'm sure someday we'll do a deep dive on like yeah. So this is just quickly like if I, I want to see the full list. If I say who doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame? Oh man, I hate to because uh, these are people that I love too. You know, um, right. I'm sure like so not to pick on um, the women. The, the women. women. <laughs> uh, oh my God, she just went into yeah, Tori Wilson. Name. Tori Wilson, thank like, you. She's beautiful. Yeah. She yeah. has a lot of great things. She gave a great speech, by the way. She did. And, you know, RIP for real to right. her dad, Al. Like, not to, you know. Right. But when I think, you know. Yeah. Here's what. Here's what I was surprised. Here were my three. And I yeah. didn't do tag and, teams because that was the spirit of yeah. our list. Here were my three. Tori Wilson, Hillbilly Jim, and Coco B. I I was going to say Coco. And yeah. why do I say those three? Because... If I can look at a list of women in wrestling and I say, right, you know, Miss Elizabeth, not in the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah. Mickey James, not in the Hall of Fame yet. Right. Um, Aja Kong, birth, you know, birth of Faye. Yeah. You know, if I can name three or four people that I'm like, they're Hall of Famers. Right. Sorry, Tori. 
you don't belong. Hillbilly Jim and Coco Beware. Yeah. They had nice careers. Yeah. But like, fucking Rick Martell is not yeah. in the Hall of Fame yet. Exactly. Owen Hart's not in the Hall of Fame. Right. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. That's where I came from with this list. Yeah, and and I really like both movies. those guys. Seem like really good guys too. But Coco is like. If you're watching in today's terms, is he's like a no way Jose. Yeah, or like a Heath Slater, like you know, he'll always be beloved to a certain degree, right? But was never, never really held any titles and stuff. He was exciting. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was decent in the ring, and and people liked him. But even like, God forgive me, the Bushwhackers, I love them. They they kind of jumped into my head too. But I would probably pick Hillbilly Jim as well. Um, so like Akeem's yeah. not in the Hall of Fame Vader's right. not in right. the Hall of Fame Bam Bam Bigelow like, oh. we could we could, all right, we've done an episode we're on our second episode about guys that are not in the Hall of Fame right you know if we were to just take the teams that we had to exclude because of what we're doing today exactly um, you know Brian Pillman's not in the Hall of Fame right but we couldn't put him on today's list right Rick Martell Marty Jannetty Christian yep. Yep. IRS you yeah. know, Tully Blanchard. Tully, uh, well, the he's horseman, in the horseman, right? yeah. yeah. Um, there's guys that belong that are not in there. Right, right. I agree. So, no disrespect, so, but yeah. So I didn't. It was kind of we kind of came up the, with the list stars uh, together last time. So I actually came up with a hardcore halftime. I love idea. when you do hardcore halftime. <laughs> when you when you so, bring something throw at me to think yes. about, I love it. So, uh, a completely different topic. Okay. Um, with AEW in the mix now, there's a lot. There's always rumors about people leaving, people wanting to be released, people requesting the release, um, people thinking that all of a sudden they're going to go to a different faction or a different federation. Their career is going to be awesome all of a sudden. But who are the two, the top three people you would actually like to see leave WWE for an AEW or NWA Power or TNA? Now. And it can be a tag team. It can be. Is this? Is this get them off my WWE TV? No. Or I think they would be better served if they were right. to leave. It's the second. So like people you really like that are just getting the short end okay. of the stick. So my first one is obviously going to be the revival. I yep. don't want them to leave, but yep. I think I think they would do very well. Yep. There. Um, asterisk. This isn't going to count because he was already released. But I think once Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper, goes to AEW, mm-hmm. Pete's going to be sending me an apology text being like, this guy's <laughs> actually fucking great. Right, right. Um, two more, huh? This is a guy you love, too. I figured he would be on your list. From Up, Up, Down, Down. Well, he stars on Up, 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 Down, So, down. <laughs> he had an amazing fucking match last night. On, oh, really? You're talking about Tyler? Yeah. He had an amazing match on NXT oh, last good. night. Good. So Tyler, Tyler's doing his thing. Gotcha. Because um, he was on my list because I don't watch much NXT. Right. Because I feel like he, it's a crime what's happened to him. Yeah. But if he's going to get a shot, then then stay. Yeah, no, they made him part of the Cruiserweight division on NXT, and he's doing gotcha. great things. Good. good. But speaking of the Cruiserweight division, I think a guy like a Noam Dar yeah. would do wonders. Pete just tried calling me. Would do yeah. wonders in AEW. Yeah. Man, this is a really hard fucking question. It is. It is. Because I feel like a lot of guys are getting better opportunities than they have in right. recent years. Right. Well, he's trying to call me now. All right. I guess we can pick up. All right. 
Hello, Pedro. Hey, shithead. Am I on the air? Yes, you are. All right, number 10, Nasty Boys. Number <laughs> 9, Beverly Brothers. Number 8, Owen Hart with the Bulldog of Yokozuna. Number 7, Midnight Express. Number wow. 6, The Brothers of Destruction. Number 5, Steiner Brothers. Number 4, Hardy Boys. Number 3, Natural Disasters, those fat fucks. Number 2, Demolition. Number 1, Legion of Doom with Sonny. Nothing before. All on the list mean nothing. And you tell that dirty Parcella if he ever ghosts my call again, I'm going to take over that podcast. It'll be the last podcast he was ever on, that bastard. I was mid-sentence, you dumb fuck. Yeah, that's what she said to me when I was banging her. We were doing doing hardcore halftime. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show you hardcore halftime next time. When I'm not sick, I'm going to... I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to tell you to your face. <laughs> it sounds that... like you have a clothespin on your nose. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I'm, I'm, you're very lucky I didn't come there to get you all sick. But yeah, you sound I, like you're really I good. work for the state. I would have welcomed it. Yeah. I would have gotten a day off. <laughs> your tongue's hanging woke... out of your mouth. Oh, dude, I woke up, and it's like, you ever have that feeling where, like, you know how you have a stuffed nose, mm-hmm. but but it feels like that in your throat? It's the worst feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Well, good but I'm very, very sorry I couldn't be there. I miss being on the podcast with you fine gentlemen, even you, Chris. No, I miss <laughs> it too, you motherfucker. And uh, I will say one more thing before I hang up. Uh, John Trembley is fat. <laughs> Should I call Ripley's? Yes. All Can right, you... have a good day. Oh, yeah. Enjoy your podcast. Text us that list so we have it for uh, when we at the I'll end. text it. It's the only list that matters. Yeah, yeah. Even though your number one's already in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Wait, the Legion of Doom in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, they went in the same year uh, HBK went in, I think. Oh, my God, I had no clue. All right, well, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll text you my new number one. Okay. Move all on. right, good day, Joe. Okay, all right, bye-bye. Fuck I you. love Trembley. I do love Trembley. Uh, we, Nobody we all, does. We all do. <laughs> Caitlin Trembley? <laughs> As the man at the wedding told him, you're going to have a stroke. You're going to lose some Oh, goddamn. Oh, crap. All right, all right. I'll text you to double. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well. Well, that was unexpected. That was. I mean, um, I, I can't disagree with much of his list, and we've talked about a few of them. And yeah. We're going to talk might, about more of them. I might disagree with some of the order. But, right, right. Exactly. Um, where were we? Guys from so, AEW. To yes. go to AEW. Yeah, the Revival. I, I love seeing... I mean, but no, I'm Dar is like a lesser-known guy. Yeah. Fuck, I'll I'm, give you a couple. I'm trying to think of guys that like aren't getting like a great shake. I'll give you a couple. Um, one of my guys who I love, who who got a decent early push, is Bo Dallas, and his brother's doing great. Oh yeah. And I loved the Bo Leave gimmick, and I, I don't know. I, he he could benefit from a fresh start. And then your buddy and his wife, and maybe they're already gone. I. But I think of Mike and Maria Kanellis. Oh, they just had their... My, my close personal friend, as, as the president <laughs> would say, Mike Kanellis, she's a good personal friend of mine. I actually met Mike Kanellis mm-hmm. once. He's fucking awesome, and so is Maria. And she's twice as beautiful in person. Nice. Um, Mike's a, a local boy done well, and they just recently... Um, well, they... Maria just gave birth to their second child, a baby boy. So congratulations to the Kanellis... Kanelli, or the Bennetts. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. 
I think they would do fucking great there. They would be great. They would be great. Um, so that's going to do it for Hardcore Halftime, and it's time to get to number five. All right, thank you, Pete, for that interesting yes. contribution. Um, he hung up before we could get to the game. So, Justin, we are going to start a new tradition on this show, and by new tradition, I'll say, I mean, we'll do it as many times as we can until we get bored with it. Yeah. I found a playlist on the YouTubes of classic wrestling themes played backwards. Wow. And I'm, I'm going to play five different ones. Okay. And see if you can get three out of five. Okay. So here is the first one. That's not, that's a fucking commercial. I'm going to say no chance in hell. Uh, Eddie Guerrero? That is Eddie Guerrero. All right, one for one. Look at you off to a good start. Uh, let's see. Again, that's just the commercial for the video. It sounds like a forward song. Sawblade KJ one seven. Sawblade KJ seventy seven is the brilliant mind behind these. Here's song number two. I don't know. You don't know? That is Undertaker, You're Gonna Pay, mm. the, uh, the big, the Booger Red version, gotcha. as JR would call him. Gotcha. All right. Theme song number three. Once again, <laughs> thank you, thank you The Boys of Summer by Don Henley. Sobley, KJ77. This guy's brilliant. He reverses all these theme songs. This is, might be an easy one. Hmm. Kurt Angle? Nope. Can take one more guess? Mr. Perfect? That's D.O. Brown. Oh. Look at the rhythm now. Whoop. So you need both of these to win. Wow. I'm going to give you an easy one for the next one. More based on the era, I think. How well I know the song. No chance. That is no chance. <laughs> All right, two out of two out of four. Here's the last one. Oh, I love this theme song. This will be the last one. Say that. Matt Hardy. One more guess. Randy Orton. No! 
if you just close your eyes by Christian. That is or Christian. Not, not by Christian. Yeah. yeah. So that was this week's theme songs yeah. backwards. I, I'll give me. I'll give myself half credit for that. I'll give you half credit for that one. You caught it right away. Yeah. So I knew. Yeah. Those are hard, aren't they? That's way harder than I thought it was going to be. Well, we'll try it again next time, and Pete will go. This is fucking stupid. That's stupid. That's Blood Brothers. Be Legion of Doom. Blood Brothers. Oh I mean, man. I'm your brother. Yes. <laughs> All right, it's time for the next set. Your number five. Five. Well, Pete mentioned them actually. My number five is the Midnight Express. They were my number three. Oh wow! All right, yeah. we'll we'll save them then because I'm sure you can actually delineate their history better than I can, and it's confusing as hell as far as I'm concerned. It is, and I just farted. If you heard that on the microphone, <laughs> I'm gonna hold in her name because no, it's not my house. But no, you know, it had to fly. We're all friends here. I mean, it's it's a mixture of grapefruit, bubbly, and Miller Lite. Oh, God. <laughs> my number yeah. five is gonna be a surprise. Okay. Charlie Haas and Shelton wow. Benjamin, the world's greatest tag team. Wow. Two blue chip prospects brought in to protect Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. It was originally, from what I, some of my research, and I may be off a little bit on this, originally intended to be the Haas brothers, hmm. but um, after Russ's untimely pot, uh, passing, um, Charlie was paired with Shelton Benjamin. Um, two-time tag team champions defeated Los Guerreros and Eddie and Tajiri on SmackDown. To win both, um, they're a vital piece of the brand split, you know, as far as tag divisions go. Um, they had an incredible match at Backlash 2003 against Los Guerreros. I was there. Okay. In Worcester. Um, Worcester. And then, years after they broke up, they reunited in Ring of Honor and had a resurgence. They were two-time Ring of Honor tag team champions. They huh. ended the 363-day reign of... Claudio Cesaro, Castagnoli, and Chris Cassius Ono Heroes World Greatest Tag Team Reign. Um, they held the titles for 266 days before dropping them to the Briscoe Brothers. Okay. They won them again by defeating the Briscoe Brothers and dropped them to the All Night Express. That was mirrored in controversy, but two awesome, legitimate yeah. wrestlers um, brought in as the Team Angle stable. Yeah. And, no, I'm glad you gave him a shout out. I mean, I I actually considered them, but then I then I thought Shelton is still on the active roster technically, um, although he's been around long enough that he could go in. Um, I do think Shelton will go in eventually, um, and I would like to see it with Charlie Haas because I thought they were great together. And Charlie Haas also won life because he's married to Jackie Gaeta. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Shout out to Jackie. That's my number five. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, here's where we get into danger. Oh, we already said four is covered already. So here's where we get into danger of blow up yep, mode. Yep. I'm going to show you my number four. They are my number three. Your number three. So have at it, my friend. My number three, Chris's number four, are the British Bulldogs. Yes. Um, real life cousins who feuded in uh, both Canada uh, at Stampede, of course, and New Japan Pro Wrestling later, All Japan. Uh, Vince then bought out Stampede. Um, the British Bulldogs came to WWF and were immediately feuding with, of course, the Hart Foundation. Then they feuded with the Dream Team. Um, and they had a year-long feud, which is awesome. I mean, think about how yeah. often does that happen anymore? It doesn't. And 
um, you know, less is more sometimes. I think scarcity breeds value, and I think you know they're not on every week, so you can you can afford to stretch it out like that. And then they won the wrestle uh, the tag titles at WrestleMania two. They then feuded with Nikolai and Iron Sheik, and they had, of course, the awesome dog napping storyline with Bobby Heenan and the Islanders. Um, it, their stretch in WWF ended in 1988 after the Survivor Series, and they went back to Stampede and All Japan. Uh, but then this is also my way to also get Davey Boy Smith into the Hall of Fame, who had a great run, of course, winning the IC title uh, feuded for the WWF Championship as part of the Heart Found- the new Heart Foundation and all that type of stuff. So first ever European champion. First ever European champion. Um, you know, I think that um, it, it it's it's too bad. Like they were a little bit on the early end of our run of watching it. Um, yeah, but um, they were great. Absolutely. I mean, I I love the British Bulldogs. It. I couldn't determine which way to go. Mm-hmm. Much like Pete said in, in his rambling. <laughs> but a little on the, on the flip side. Do I do the Bulldogs or do I do a Bulldog and Owen? Right. Um, I went with the Bulldogs. They're more of a memorable tag team. When people talk about David Boy Smith, a lot of people say, oh, the British Bulldogs. Right. Um, that six-man... Man, every match in WrestleMania 3 is brilliant. That six-man tag with Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation... And Chico Banana, um, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, 294 days as the tag champions. The match where they lost the belts is a fun watch. It's just like so blatantly bad heel turn referee shit. Right. But it's so good at the same time. Right. I I love it. It's it's, it's yeah. great shit. Yeah. As Pete's favorite meme would say. Right. And it, it gets a dynamite kid in as well, you know, for all of his uh, shortcomings in terms of his... Um, he wasn't everyone's favorite person in real life, but that's an understatement. <laughs> he, he was certainly great in the ring. Inspired, of course, he who shall not be named, but um, two tough, two tough dudes. I think about the the first couple Survivor Series. I love those giant tag team matches. A lot of these teams yeah. are, are in oh yeah, uh, in eighty seven and eighty eight Survivor Series tag matches. So. Um, and they were a huge part of the show, you know, which uh, you can't say for a lot of the tag teams now. So, absolutely, I agree 100%. Again, my 4 3 2 and 1, I, mm-hmm. well, yeah, 2 and 1 are no brainers for me, yeah. but the Bulldogs and the Midnight, they could have flipped for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so the Midnight, the Midnight were your number five, they were my number three. Um, the Midnight got points for me. And the reason I put them above the Bulldogs, because it's a way to get Jim Cornette in. Yeah. I, oh my God, I love it. He's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's out of his fucking mind, but I love him. God damn him. I love him. He's going to get in. Sometimes. And, I, and I, I was so torn, so I actually went with all four people. Jim Cornette, Dennis Condroyd, yeah. beautiful Bobby Eaton, and sweet Stan Lane. Yeah. All four of them. Condroy and Eaton... Two-time Mid-South Tag Team Champions, one-time NWA World Tag Team Champions, Mm -hmm. Eaton and Lane, three-time NWA United States Tag Team Champions. That's right. The NWA was so big and badass. They had World Tag Champions and United States Tag Team Champions on top of having a six-man tag team title. 
Uh, one-time NWA World Tag Team Champions, 1987 PWI Tag Team of the Year, and they're synonymous with the Rock and Roll Express. You can't yeah. say one in without saying the other in the same breath. Right. They're just fucking out of this world legendary. Right. Yeah, and they. Um, <laughs> I have a few other notes on them. It's very. They're confusing to try to map the history of, but I have the same three names written down. In terms of the actual wrestlers. There was a but, fourth name with Dennis Condroy. I didn't write it down. So, Randy Rose won some titles with Condroy. But the one that died in a plane crash? Ozzy's guitar player? Or a different Randy Rose? Uh, I would That's assume. a joke. It's, a definitely different, <laughs> it's definitely a different Randy Who Rose. Who knows? Because I have 19 different people attributed to the Midnight Express on Wikipedia between the years of 1980 to 2011, including... Which I didn't count. The new Honky Man. Tonk Man oh. was listed as one of them. And for like that. one, you know, I didn't want to invalidate the whole list of them because it sounds like it was one event. Right. So, you know. Well, it's it, like it, you didn't put the fucking machines right, in. Right, right. Because there was like 12 machines, Hulk machine and right. giant machine. And... Right. But Condry and Eaton were 19-time Rocky Top NWA champs, whatever the hell that means. Ten-time NWA Bluegrass champs. They were a 1986 Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year. Then Eaton and Lane were the 1987 PWI Tag Team of the Year. And they won the 1988 Feud of the Year versus the Fantastics, whoever that is. Oh! (laughs) Hold on. The Fantastics are amazing. Um, That's a great name. So, I'm going to pull them up for you. The Fantastics... We're fucking. They look like fucking stripper jigglers. Um, oh, I think maybe we, I that rings a bell. No, you definitely. They seen look that. like Michael uh, P. S. Hayes in his heyday, right? Like oh, I'm, hold on. I'm, I'm confusing. It, now I'm confusing the Fantastics with the Fabulous Ones. <laughs> the Fantastics were Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. They were both badass. Yeah, I don't. Um, I Tommy Fulton. Uh, oh, Bob, I'm sorry, Bobby Fulton. <laughs> See, now I'm dropping the fucking ball. <laughs> Bobby, Fulton. Bobby Fulton. He sounds like a, Bobby a heel from a 1980s movie. fucking badass. His dad was Jack Fulton, mm-hmm. or Jackie Fulton. Um, you know, it was a big deal. Jackie Fulton was a big deal in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, and I obviously, no, I'm fucking confusing him with the Fullers. I'm a jerk. <laughs> Tommy Rogers was great. He died in 2015. But yeah, I was confusing the Fantastics and the Fabulous Ones. The Fabulous Ones were fucking pimps. Look at the Fabulous Ones. Oh, yes, I have definitely The one on the left is Skinner, and the one on the right is Stan Lane, who went on to become a member of the Midnight Express. Wow. That's where the confusion was coming from. Wow, look at those banana hammocks. I'll tell (laughs) you, those are something... So anyway, I I do think the Midnight Express is going to go in just after the Rock and Roll Express went in. It just seems only natural, and I think that that's uh, inevitable. With Cornette. With Cornette, I would love to see Cornette go in by himself, though. I, I, I think he will. Um. So man, two and one. This yeah. is going to be tricky. Um. So my. That's my two, and that's my one. So I flipped them. You flipped them, okay? Yeah. yeah. I understood. Yeah. Um, As so I started writing just, down the resumes, I flipped. So let's them. just throw it out this way: two and one are demolition and the Steiners. Steiners yep. and demolition—they're right. one and two. One and one A. Right. Um, 
So your number one was the Steiners, right? Yep. And they were my number two. Yep. So let's, I, let's I guess do the Steiners. Let's yeah. start with them. They were your number one. Sure. So hard to argue, by the way. Yeah, and it's funny because I had Demolition one to begin with, but then I, I started to put the resumes together, and I said, you know what? I think the Steiners are, um, are just just a tiny bit better, but it it's it's not by a long, not by a long shot. I did go with my heart. Yeah. Like yeah, that that's when I started this list. I when we talked about it having a bite to eat last time, I was like, oh, Demolition is number one. Everything else is. You know, also ran. So then I started to look, at, piece it together, and I'm like, okay. Um, but I get, I get either way. But the signers, of course, real brothers who wrestled uh, at the University of Michigan. They were active from 1988 to 98, and then from 2005 to 2009. They were in WCW from 88 to 92. Uh, they beat the Freebirds in 1989 for the NWA World Titles. They beat the Midnight Express in. Uh, 1990 for the U.S. NWA tag titles, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, they were five-time NWA slash WCW World Tag Champs. I, I don't know. The, the, the record-keeping was a little bit weird. for Right, because is it NWA? Is it Mid-South? I have them down officially as seven-time tag champions. Okay. But, again, it's very weird. Right. Then they come to WWF, where, of course, they, they are immediately pushed to the moon. They were super over as faces. Um, they were two-time WWF tag champs, uh, feuding with the Beverly Brothers. The course, Beverly Brothers! And, and others. Um, two-time IWGP champs. Number two tag team of the PWI years. Two-time tag team of the year. One-time Wrestling Observer, your favorite newsletter, tag team fuck of the, the year. Fuck the Observer <laughs> and fuck Dave Meltzer. And, of course, this also helped push them to number one for me. Scott Steiner goes on to have an underrated, hilarious, I awesome I love Scott Steiner career. so much. Yeah. Oh, love, big Papa I, Pump. Let's not forget, Rick Steiner was also tag team champions with Judy Bagwell. Um, <laughs> That's right. I love Scott Steiner so much. Right. The, um, the math, Scott Steiner math. Yeah. Have we ever played that on the show? Scott yeah, Steiner math is one of it. my favorite fucking things. They were Pete's of number. Time. They were Pete's number five, by the way. I think Pete was like, I was like a tag tag teams. I think he did pretty, pretty decently. I mean, the problem is he put uh, for rules. He put the Hardy Boys and Brothers of Destruction on there. You know, I would say there's there's some active <laughs> active people in both of those. Yeah, and then he put Legion of Doom in. By the way, he texted me and he said uh, because he blew up his number one. He was going to put Doink and Dink in as his number one. Yeah, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, this is from TNA, and this is one of my favorite wrestling clips of all time. It's Scott Steiner talking to Gene Okerlund before a TNA pay-per-view sometime after 2005. Taking all of that data, mm-hmm. Scott Steiner, Gene Okerlund, to that post-2005, and this is what happens. Chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows 
He can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 30-30 and a third chance, minus my 25% chance, and you got an 8 and a third chance of winning and sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning, if we used to go one-on-one, and then add 66 and two-thirds percent, I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning and sacrifice. See, Mick Joe, the numbers don't lie. And they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. So, Brilliant. Brilliant. Let's, let's forget the fact that none of that makes even a little bit of sense. Yeah. How can you be 75% plus... Six? The, <laughs> math is, the math is accurate. Yeah, the, the addition I've, I've, is... I've attraction. run the numbers. Yeah. And you know that wasn't put on a cue card. He just started fucking talking. Mm-hmm. I love Scott Steiner. That's something... Um, um, like a, a, a bizarre genius would be able to do. Like, he wouldn't be able to speak normally, and he skips words. He's and... fucking Rain Man. Yeah, but that, he... That definitely, definitely going to hit a Frankenstein. <laughs> Here comes the neck break, I think. You come out, hey, you try to get the symbi of the people. You call him my... Senior Joe at one point. Yeah. Um, and, of course, my number one... Yeah. Demolition. Yes. The first WrestleMania-era tag team to become three-time WWF tag team champions. Yep. Uh, defeated Strike Force at WrestleMania 4, held the title for 478 days, which was a record up until a few years ago. Yep. Uh, until dropping them to the Brain Busters, also in the Hall of Fame, in the two out of three falls match on Saturday night's main event, where? Wooster, Massachusetts. Wooster. It feels like Wooster's everything happened in Wooster. 76 days later, they regained the tag titles from the Brain Busters. Lost them to the Colossal Connection 72 days later. Mm. So if you take my 478 <laughs> days and you add 72 days. Mm. So right now we're at 550 days. That's important for a reason. Yeah. Um, and then they would defeat the Colossal Connection, or as Gene Oakland would call them, the Colostomy Connection, <laughs> at WrestleMania 6, becoming the first tag team. To win the tag titles at WrestleMania twice. Yep. The first tag team to be in the tag team title match three WrestleManias in a row. They would hold the titles for 148 days <laughs> um, before losing them to the Hart Foundation in the two out of three falls match. Yeah. Utilizing the Freebird rule, smash and crush. Total combined days as tag team champions, 698. That's more than anybody. Demolition is my... Number one, Sean Walsh of the Boston Red Sox agrees. Wow, yeah, that's um, well well put. I think that if you think of all the tag teams you mentioned earlier, all the talent that was in WWF between '87 to '91, call it or '92, uh, for them for them to have the titles for that length of time is remarkable. And and. Uh, Without Scott Steiner's single run, I think Demolition would have been easily my number one. Um, and they, the other thing is, they would already be in if, if not for this stupid ass lawsuit, which is yeah. neither here nor there. I, I don't think it's even worth going into. This is just to talk about their resume, right? Um, but <laughs> a couple fun facts when I went back and looked. So it was it was originally Bill Eady or Axe and Randy Colley. R.I.P. R.I.P. Colley was gone in about 10 seconds, replaced by Barry Darso, a.k.a. Uh, Smash, a.k.a. Repo Man, a.k.a. AKA Blacktop Bully, a.k.a. <laughs> Hole-in-One, Hole Barry in Darso. One. Yeah, we don't have enough time for yeah. all of his a.k.a.s. And I have a note. This is 
I shouldn't laugh because, you know, Edie got sick, but I said Crush later joined when Edie ate too much shrimp, which is basically like what happened. He became allergic to He had that same issue that almost killed Jeremy Piven. Like, right. He had bad sushi, basically. Yeah, he, he, which he attributes to going to Japan and eating too much seafood. Um, and you, you basically cover the rest of it. Um, you know, the, I love the SummerSlam two out of three falls match. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course <laughs> but you do. But it's not just because of the Heart Foundation winning, but Legion of Doom comes out, and it's one of the great pops um, oh, yeah, of that sure. year. And because they basically, <laughs> which was kind of ridiculous, they acted like Axe and Smash were the same guy, right? So Axe was hiding under the ring and... It was it was absurd, but it 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 just got away. It's like just believable enough that I loved it. Right. Um, and then another fun fact: when Ooh, Wikipedia, so Edie went and wrestled, you know, as Axe, and he 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 debuted a new member of Demolition called Blast. Right. I don't know. If, I saw the picture of this guy and I just laughed out loud. Because he didn't dress like someone from Demolition, right? No, he kind of did actually, but he looked like basically if uh, um, if Pete became part of Demolition. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his, oh, well, there was Richard Charland, and then uh, then there's another guy, Carmine Carmine Azado, who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page of his own. He's like that obscure. Um, joined as Blast Number Two. Ooh. I never knew about these uh, different tag along. Okay, so you say guys. Pete? I'd say Steigles. Steigles is a better comparison. <laughs> yes, Stig. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible. Although he's not as tall as Steigles, but he's definitely like uh, he's got some build to him. He's got some broad shoulders. Demolition Steigles. <laughs> That'd be a better name than Blast. Today's episode is not brought to you by Steigl's Pretzels because I don't have the, the, the sheet. I can't say it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that um, we matched on a lot of these. We did. I think the only, like, there, we had one team different from each other, right? Right. Yeah, I think that uh, I you had, had the Body Islanders Donis. and I had. Um, I had the Islanders and Body Donis, I think, everywhere else. Yeah, and I had, I had Beverly Brothers and World's Greatest Tag Team. Right. Right. Let's get into honorable mentions. Um, yeah. You know, so for different reasons. Again, Strike Force, Hollywood Blondes, Rockers, Edge and Christian, Money Inc. Right. And the Smoking Guns. Yeah. Half uh, the team's already in, so they right. couldn't be mentioned. Call them ineligible. Yeah. I also have the Body Donnas as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Bodies. Yeah. Jiggle Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> shake that dick. Um, oh, Doom. But Ron Simmons is already right. in. Right. Right. Ba 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 ba. Got the Godwins? I thought the Godwins were really yeah, good. Yeah, they were fun. And then I had Power and Glory as an honorable mention. I had Power and Glory as well. I threw, you know, in in deference to your father, I put the Killer Bees on there because Jerry doesn't know what he's talking about. They, I mean, I didn't like the Killer Bees, but they they had they had a a, a decent following in the mid to late eighties. Oh, uh, for sure. The Can Am Connection. I, I threw on there. That's a good one. Yeah, because, again, shout out Rick Martell. Uh, the Young Stallions I threw on, as an honorable mention. Again, more for, they, they ended up, um, but Paul Roma did did some stuff. But I think uh, Power and Glory is how I would get him in with yeah. Hercules. Um, 
the Quebecers I talked about, Beverly Brothers, Power and Glory. I also threw on Too Cool. Okay. Um, I can respect that. I can. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they had their runs. They were fun. They were hanging out with Rikishi. Brian Christopher, I thought was great. I thought... Before, so but I, I enjoyed them when they were too much. Mm-hmm. Before they adopted like the hip-hop gimmick. When they were just two really like disgusting, ugly guys that thought they were hot, I fucking love the <laughs> shit out of them. When really? they when they wore matching neon polka dot outfits, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god, too sexy and too hot. Yeah, too hot Scott Taylor and too sexy Brian Christopher. Yeah. Uh, the body don the too much. Yeah, that's fucking, that brilliant. Was, that was on point. That's brilliant. Yeah, and um. I don't know. I, I just marked out for them. I don't know why. I, when Brian Christopher came back, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video. Oh, yeah. It's, During the Cole Lawler feud? Yeah, and nobody responded. But then somebody spliced in, like, the biggest reactions in wrestling history. That's amazing. And it's the funniest. And, uh, by the way, that was me reacting at home. I was going crazy. And he came, I was so he pumped came to out, see him. Oh, he came out dancing, and he was obnoxious, and nobody... The fans were dead, and I was so pissed. You know when you're pissed at a crowd, like, yeah. please, Every show some respect. Every crowd when they go into business for themselves. Right. I would rather that, though, than a dead crowd for, like, a big return, which we've seen several times now, yes, actually. Yeah. I gotta say, Edge's return at the Rumble might have been one of the biggest. That was one yeah, of the biggest was, pops. Even though it was expected. Yeah. Like, I was there for Booker T and... Uh, Nash coming back at the Rumble. Right, yeah, 2011. This was bigger than that. Mm-hmm. I would say that's probably the biggest pop since either Jericho returned in number two in the Rumble um, or when The Rock came back to host WrestleMania. I know you don't like to win. Uh, <laughs> but somebody online uh, said that was an Austin or Rock level pop, and I agree with that completely. Yeah. And it was a, what a moment for Edge. You can tell. He looked uh, like he was going to cry. Yeah. And he, he did the next night, basically. He looked great. He looked almost like too thin. Like he's been working out like a fiend, you know? All that fucking CrossFit. It's right. not good for you. Right, right. It's a public service announcement. <laughs> Fuck CrossFit. So that, it was, you know, it was a very, very nice, uh, you know, to get not only Daniel Bryan back. But to now have Edge back and people that you thought you'd never see again, and for the right reasons, because they were, they were had serious injuries, is um, it's a treat. It really is. It really now there's only there's only um, there's only one person left that needs to come back. CM Punk. Mm. That's which that's, he will. Oh God, please. He will. Everybody does in wrestling. Everybody does. Um, except Rick Martel. <laughs> but he's a bit more obscure. And he ended up building, yeah, why, a, building a business for himself. Why isn't he? He made money elsewhere, you know. Before we get to next week's episode, you know, I guess it's it's been two weeks since the Rumble. But, mm-hmm. you know, love and thoughts and prayers to the family of Ara Zabayan, Christina Mauser, mm. the entire... Altabelli family, Peyton Chester, Sarah Chester, and the Bryants. Yeah. We don't is... like to get too serious on this show, but... Yeah, what I mean, a... I can't stand the Lakers, but what just... It, 
Dwight Howard said it best the other day. It just it didn't feel real. Like yeah, because I mean we're old enough. We're right in that sweet spot to like remember like when Reggie Lewis died, mm-hmm. or like for wrestling fans like that feeling when the Owen thing happened right. and the Yeti Guerrero thing happened and the and the Brian uh, not Brian well the Brian Pillman thing and the Chris Benoit thing like just doesn't yeah it's, it's it doesn't feel real like. I mean, and it's never easy, but like when someone's like eighty-five, you're like, well, like Kirk Douglas passed, Kirk Douglas passed yep. away yesterday at hundred and one. Right. God bless him. And, <laughs> right. But it's like, okay, yeah, like, I'll make it that dude long. hung on. Um, but like, just, just, just this, and like, yeah, <sighs> yeah, it was. We were, a... I was getting home from the sectionals, mm-hmm. sectionals. No, the states, the youth states, and it was just a great day, and like. Six of our kids won states, and wow. like we had a great day. And then That's Royal Rumbles in a couple hours, and just to see the news just start coming across the phones, and oh, yeah, it was such a weird a bummer. It was terrible. I mean, it was terrible, and it's it's kind of a, an eerie thing. Like where I used to Skype you was was West Glendale, mm-hmm. and that's basically where he was hovering over. They say he was hovering east of Burbank, which is. Like, literally, my old apartment mates were like, we saw the helicopter just going in circles for oh, okay. like 10, 15 minutes. Not knowing it was Colby, obviously. And right. there's a lot of helicopters there in general. Um, but I was, I got a text from Bobby Silva, big fan of the show. And it was early on. And I tried to go to TMZ, who first reported it. And I tried to go to Twitter. They were both, like... The server was was over capacity. They both were like, "Sorry, we're broken right now." Yeah, it, which is, I mean, those are two giant platforms. For sure. So he transcended, I think, sports and pop culture. He was an international star because the the NBA has has gone international, um, and his name is just so recognizable. So, right. it, you know, and the fact that his his daughter and their and Friends of theirs were That was the part that, like, and again, not that one life is bigger than another, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean, I'm not even gonna go deeper into things that people have gone into, but like, it's like, well, it's like, okay, like, Kobe died, and that sucks, but then it was like his 13 year old daughter. Right. And and I made a point to not say Kobe, Gianna, and the other seven victims. Like I, I right. said the other family names for a reason. Yeah. Um, 13. Yeah. 13 years old. So it's, uh, it sucks because that, I mean, <clears throat> an accident of that magnitude, that would have made the news across the country, even if it was uh, nine people you'd never heard of. Right. For, for it to be a... A superstar. It was Jeff Sullivan. True definition. Yeah. Right. A true definition of a superstar. We Superstar is used in WWE all the time, and it's basically anyone that's ever wrestled well, a match. He was in, he he was was a in the, the aughts Jordan. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. people want to compare Jordan and LeBron. I'm not talking about on the court stuff, but like, right. he, it was, you know, to this day, thanks to Chappelle Show, how many times do you throw something yeah. at your trash barrel and go, Kobe? Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, he was he was a big deal. Yeah, and he's um, he's also like a a good redemption story. He had the the, the thing in Colorado 
um, which we don't have to get into the details of. But it sounded like he doubled down and, and um, recommitted to his marriage, and he raised. I mean, four daughters he was blessed with, yeah, and raising them the right way, and like basically saying. I saw a quote that he doesn't go to many Lakers games because he's putting his kids to bed and he's making dinner for them right. and stuff. So um, whatever you think of the whole situation, he learned from it and didn't – you see a lot of patterns with, with people like that, that um, with the Me Too movement, right? There's a lot of people that are just pigs like over and over and over and over again. And it sounds like there's no other accusers and stuff like that. Like, he truly learned a lesson, which is right. rare. What I perceive, and again, not saying anything to disparage whatever one person thought or another, but, you know, what he interpreted as mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily yes. Yeah. You know, and again, that's uh, that's a... Not quoting his words, but that's you know um, a summation of his words. And mm-hmm. if one's person's truth is one thing, that's one person's truth, and you learn from it. And that's, yeah. that's what Kobe did. So much love to all families affected by that. Yeah, and because I'm so good at downers, <laughs> well, yeah, um, on a high note, we I'm got episode think. 45 coming up next. Do you have a topic for us, my friends? Um. I was thinking of a tribute show. Okay. We're getting into that WrestleMania territory. But we don't have enough, um, I guess, Hall of Fame people announced yet. And they might not be announced by the time we do the next show. Okay. So I do like those sort of memorial, not even memorial, but like, you know, we did the Kurt Angle list. We did the Owen Hart list. Um, And, you know, maybe we do a Sting list. Because Sting is heavily rumored to be at WrestleMania. Um, we could do an Edge list because he just came back. Um, I do like those. But where you mentioned the tribute list and the Hall of Fame, had a thought. Mm-hmm. Michael Berman on you. <laughs> what about top 10? We could either do moments or members. Uh, members, members. I actually don't like the idea of members. Top ten NWO moments. Uh, NWO right. is going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What do you think of that? I I like it. I like it. Top ten NWO moments. Yep. There was an, actually. Um, I thought they did a nice job. Even even though a couple people bailed on the Jericho cruise, I thought they did a nice job recapping the NWO history. I loved that episode. Yeah. I thought it was so good. Nash was filming a movie and couldn't do it. Yeah, but, but Hall and uh, and uh, Bischoff, I thought did a great job. And so did DDP. Uh, Booker T, I think, was drunk or something. But uh, oh. <laughs> whatever. But he's got a good perspective on it too. I'm going to. In advance, announce my contribution to Hardcore Halftime. If you want to come up with one as well. Okay. So the episode, top 10 NWO moments. Do with that whatever you will. Mm-hmm. Hardcore Halftime, from my end, the Shakira part of Hardcore Halftime, <laughs> will be the bottom five members. Ooh. So your worst five members in NWO history. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. There's at the end, plenty to choose from. I mean, I was in the NWO at the end. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's. I mean, we have we have a bad history of starting to talk about different moments, and I'm not going to do that today. Mm. I'm going to. I'm already writing them down. We've got five picks already. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, it's, and we are on the road to WrestleMania. Oh, it's not the road to WrestleMania. It's the road to pointing to yes. the sign. Yes, where's the sign? And we will see you in Tampa Bay. We'll see you before then. Well, we'll I, hope, I hope we get an episode in before April Oh, 3rd. easily, easily. Um, yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So this will be the next episode. We'll be recording stuff when we're in Tampa. And in 93 days, yeah. we're going to, well, excuse me, in 92 days, we're going to record the long-awaited top 10 couples in WWE history. Yes. Can't wait for that. It's love. And Strem finally changes his last name. <laughs> um, she can't hear us. Yeah. So, that'll do it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Cue the Illusion, brothers. Yes.